Good morning. Welcome to the Mr. Relevant Podcast. It is Wednesday, May 17th, or day two of being back among the living. For the past month, I and many of us have spent pretty much every night watching either the Capitals or the Wizards in the playoffs, or some nights the Capitals and the Wizards in the playoffs, which was fun, uh, exciting, grueling, ultimately disappointing, but it was also all-consuming. There was a good stretch there where I did not watch nearly as much TV as usual. Well, I was watching sports on TV, but not nearly as much of, uh, you know, regular programming as usual. So now I'm back to it. Uh, Checked out Netflix for the first time in in weeks, and it is incredible how much content Netflix is pumping out. I've read that they have something like a $4.5 billion content budget in 2017. Something like that. You can Google it. And it shows there are so many new documentaries, stand-up specials, movies, original series. I don't even know how I'm going to catch up on it all. I guess I have all summer to do it, which is nice. Uh, Started last night with Master of None. Watched the first episode of season two. It's fantastic. I'll warn you, it's all in black and white, at least episode one. There are subtitles involved. Uh, so that could be a challenge for most, maybe even a non-starter, but watch it. It's incredible. Season one was awesome. Uh, plenty of time for Netflix. Also last night was the NBA draft lottery. The wizards were not a part of it. A, because they were good this year, but B, because they traded their first round pick for Boyan Bogdanovich, uh, this winter and bad news. The Celtics won the lottery. I think they had the number one chance of winning, but it was still, you know, less than 50%, certainly. Maybe less than 40 or 30%, but whatever. They won. They got the number one pick. They're probably going to use it on Markel Fultz, uh, who is a game-changing prospect, or at least that's how he's billed from the University of Washington. He will be joining, he or somebody else, uh, if they decide they like Lonzo Ball or somebody else better, if they trade down or, or who knows, But that asset will be joining Isaiah Thomas, Al Horford, Avery Bradley, and the rest that just got the one seed, just beat the Wizards in seven, is facing LeBron in the conference finals. Uh, That's pretty intense. They also have the Nets pick next year. So think about those two assets. They'll be adding the number one pick this year and uh, the Nets pick next year, which is almost certainly a lottery pick and maybe maybe a high lottery pick. Uh, That's pretty daunting. Uh, how did they, how did this happen? By the way, I'll just remind you, uh, the Nets traded three first round picks and, uh, the option to swap first round picks to Boston for 37 year old Kevin Garnett and 36 year old Paul Pierce. Uh, that is, that's tough stuff for the rest of the East. Um, I think the, the result of that, the outcome of that was the Nets like squeaked into the playoffs the first two years with KG and, and Pierce, and then they cratered. So now, you know, the, the Celtics have this number one overall pick from the Nets. They had the number three overall last year, which turned into Jalen Brown, who I didn't even mention earlier, who uh, looks to be a guy who's going to be a really good NBA player. And then of course, next year's pick. So you've got Boston lined up like that. You've got Cleveland with LeBron for, I don't even know, the next few years at least, uh, playing at an incredible high level. And then after that, you've got the Wizards. I talked about this a little bit yesterday. I spent the last, much of the last day kind of obsessing about how the Wizards can elevate 
and maybe even leapfrog the Cavs and the Celtics. And I'm just not sure how you do it. You know, I mean, I threw it out there on Twitter uh, from Mr. Relevant account and a couple of the responses I'll read here, you know, um, at Brett Sound said, uh, you keep Gortat, don't get rid of him. You dump Mahinmi, you pay Otto his money, and you prepare for the age of Beal. There's a couple things there I, I agree with. I mean, if you can dump Mahinmi, please do. Uh, I think you should pay Porter. Uh, you know, he's a good young player, a good number three player, getting better all the time, coming off a great year, seems to have really good chemistry with Wall and Beal. And yeah, prepare for the age of Beal, that might be right. If you watch Game 7, I think you, you, you might know that now is the time for him to step up and become like a high 20s, high 20 points per game scorer. Another response was from Kelso Carpenter at Kelso Carpenter, let Porter walk, bring in a Paul George type three, find a defensive center, bring Gortat off the bench, find a real backup point guard, uh, end quote. Let Porter walk, or, you know, I disagree with that. Um, you know, hand in hand with that is bring in a Paul George type three. I mean, Paul George can defend. I'm not saying he's a one you know, side of the court player, but it's not really like the Wizards need that much more offense. I don't think offense is the problem for the Wizards, and what are you going to give up to bring in a Paul George type three? I don't know that they have the money to do that in free agency, or if there's a player on the free agent market like that. And also, what are the assets that you have? I mean, there's already talk of like, you know, the Lakers got the second pick in the in the lottery last night. They'll probably use it on Lonzo Ball, but there's also talk of them trading that pick for a Paul George type. The Wizards don't have a top two pick asset. So anyway, moving on from the Paul George scenario. Uh, find a real backup point guard. Well, yeah. Brandon Jennings isn't getting it done. Uh, Trey Burke's not getting it done. You really, when you watch the Wizards, you're just holding your breath anytime walls off the court, hoping that they don't either blow a lead or fall further behind. And that, I think, is related to what I think is the Wizards' best shot for the future, is you look at their starting five, of Wall, Beal, Porter, Markeef, Gortat. Look at that from this year. If you keep Porter, you've got all those guys for multiple years. Uh, I think Gortat this year and next. I'm not sure of Markeef's situation, but I know he's at least back this year. Um, Keep that five. That's one of the best starting fives in basketball. You can roll that five out against pretty much anybody and compete at a really high level. Uh, But by God, do whatever you can to shore up the bench. You know, Bogdanovich is a decent scorer off the bench. Jason Smith is maybe a decent end-of-rotation player. The other guys that were in the rotation, like Jennings, I mean, is is trash. Uh, Mahinmi, I don't know how you dump Mahinmi, as, as Kelso recommended. He's got, I think, three years and $48 million left on his deal. But if you can do it, get out of Mahinmi. <laughs> um and, and try to improve that bench through whatever means necessary. Because if you can improve and elevate the bench, and you've got this five coming back, including Porter, on a big deal, that is a, at least a slightly, if not possibly, significantly better team. And I say significantly because Beal and Porter are so young. I think they're both 23. Those guys figure to get better. I mean, they've been getting better year over year. I mean, Wall could still get better. 
I don't necessarily see how, you know, there's some talk about wall, like, oh, just learn how to shoot a three pointer and that'll be the key to success. I think I read that on the, uh, fancy stats blog on Washington post. Not that they were that flippant about it, but I mean, look at walls, three point shooting the last four years, he has averaged something like four attempts per game. And that attempts number hasn't, uh, hasn't been that, you know, wildly, uh, you know, variable from year to year. It's been pretty steady. And he's also shot between 30 and 35% each year. And it's not like he's increasing from 30 to 35. It was like 35 four years ago, dropped down to 30, popped back up to 35, dropped down to 32 this year. I just don't think that Wall is necessarily going to improve that phase of his game in any significant way. hope he does, just don't think he can. Where else is he going to improve? So I kind of think Wall is what he is. Beal could keep ratcheting up. Porter could keep ratcheting up. So you've got a better version of this year's starting five and a better version of next year's bench, although I don't know how you do that. Um, I don't have a lot of faith in Grunfeld's ability to do that, but that's probably the best case scenario. And then you're looking at a team that's what? Like definitely a 50-plus win team, you know, maybe 55 wins, a top three seed in the East, who knows, maybe there's some injury luck out there with the Cavs and the Celtics. I, I think that's probably what you're hoping for, and that's pretty damn good uh, by Wizards standards, certainly. But by the league standard, there's only so many teams that win 55 games. Now, hopefully there will be better analysis of roster construction for the Wizards and, and their outlook going forward. I'd look to the Washington Post for that. I'd look to Bullets Forever for that. I'd look to Kevin Broom for that. Kevin Broom is a great follow on Twitter for Wizards fans. Um, but things are pretty good. I'm really interested to see how they approach this offseason. Uh, I'll keep you posted here, of course. But I'm feeling pretty good about the Wiz right now. Not so much about the Celtics and Netflix. Well, Netflix is the shit. <laughs>